Welcome to the Empowering Real Talk podcast. It's your host, Keisha, aka Coach K Woods, founder of Upgraded Mindsets, whose mission is to inspire and empower unapologetic self confidence through conversation, insight, and value. Some of these conversations may be uncomfortable, but in order for us to grow individually and as a whole, these conversations are necessary. Be sure you are favoring on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Subscribe to the Empowering Real Talk YouTube channel and let's get started. What up, guys? Welcome back to the Empowering Real Talk podcast. It is your girl, Keisha, with Upgraded Mindsets. And y'all know I'm back with another dope session. Um, thank you so much for being here. As you know, I'm going to ask, please subscribe to the channel if you have not already. You are catching this on YouTube. If you are listening on the podcast platforms, then make sure you favorite me on your podcast streaming platform. Rate and review it as well. Um, the feedback has been so dope, and I appreciate y'all so much. Um, these conversations are necessary. I say it all the time. And today's is going to be no different. So I'm not going to drag on in my introductions. I'm going to allow my guest to introduce herself. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Keisha. So happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to share. Well, um, a little bit about myself, Rina Romano. I am a professional speaker, TEDx speaker. I'm also a speaking coach and a TEDx coach. And I think the thing that I'm most proud of, Keisha, is that I am a surthriver. And I trademark the word because I'm a surthriver of incest and sexual assault. And now I mentor and advocate for other survivors to help them become a surthriver. So that's my passion and purpose and why I'm here with you today. I absolutely love it. I'm so I actually went and viewed the website and I was I get so excited at things like this, right? Um, because there's such a big demand and there's so many of us that share, you know, these stories and that are fearful of even having a simple conversation, let alone telling their own story. So I definitely want to say, you know, huge shout out to you for, you know, trademarking and actually naming that. I love that name. I love it, Sir Thriver. I love it. Um, it's just so dope, you know, um, to be able to live in your truth wholeheartedly, Lena. Um, you know, I know that you have, you know, experienced such a traumatic past, but I love that you have overcome and you are now advocating and giving back from that you know what actually and you know touching base on it a little bit you know obviously we want to hear a little bit about you know what got you to this point so if you don't mind sharing just a little bit you know whatever you feel comfortable with well heck lady i was on oprah so i'm pretty comfortable with <laughs> oh well share away d come on <laughs> oprah show come on it's all out there now girl so <laughs> oh goodness well I, Keisha, I don't know. I just, I've always just, something's been pushing me, pushing me to tell my truth, to speak my truth. Uh, when I was 34, I was suicidal because I, did, I had not spoken my truth at that point. Uh, I kept it a secret. My incest started at four and I was sexually assaulted by a colleague from work uh, when I was around 24, I think. You know, and I kept that bundled in and you know, it's true. They say your secrets make you sick. Well, mine were almost lethal. It almost killed me. So, um, but something was pushing me 
and, and I knew I had a greater purpose somehow. I didn't know what it was, didn't know what it looked like, um, didn't know I was going to be here today with marvelous you, you know, I mean, talk about coming full circle here and everything, but um, I got tired of being ashamed of crimes I didn't commit. So I also did a TEDx talk. And before I did the TEDx talk, though, I people, people thought I was crazy, Keisha, but I think you'll get this. And I think some of your listeners will, too. But I told people for like two years before I was on the Oprah Winfrey show, I said, I'm going to be on Oprah. I'm going to be on her show. One day, I just know it. I feel it in my bones. I'm going to be on her show. And they're like, <laughs> She's crazy, <laughs> but something pushed me to send an email to share my story because she was always asking people, share your story, you got a story. And because she was a survivor of incest, sexual assault. And I like, she's happy. I can be happy. I want some of that. <laughs> so yeah, I've been healing and healing and helping ever since. That is amazing. Like, and I, and I, I'm like, oh my God. God, like to be on Oprah and to tell that story, imagine just for one, how the nerves were, but to be able to share in something, as I just said a few minutes ago, just the similar storyline, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that that probably definitely kept a bond, like, you know, created a bond in a sense, you know, if that makes sense. Um, oh, I get it. And I told her, I was able to tell her. Um, I said, you and your show saved my life mm. because it was seeing her speak her truth and be happy and successful. And then her having other survivors on her show and see how they were forgiving and they were happy, happy, and they were thriving in their lives. And if it hadn't been for that, I probably would have killed myself. Mm. And so okay. I was I said, you're my mentor. You're my hero. You saved my life, your show. And that was the reason I called for help. Yeah. And that that is just amazing. Because um, actually, I was going to ask you, like, what was, like, the breaking point, right? Like, you know, you were saying you were suicidal and things like that. Like, you know, the breaking point of saying, you know what? I've got to start a turnaround. You know, I've got to, you know, make that shift, Um it, it 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 can be so just like sometimes undescribable, you know. Um, I've actually just like witnessed so many things and have so many conversations, and people just tell me like one specific thing that just literally made them click and say, you know what, this is it. I'm ready. You know, I'm super ready. Did you have that like aha, I'm ready moment? I well, I really kind of did, and um, like I said watching Oprah, it was putting, you know, getting the wheels in motion and seeing people forgiving and, and all the things that they went through. But um, I got to a point where all my girlfriends were getting married. I was 34. I couldn't even date a guy and keep in a healthy relationship. I was always dating abusive men. And I was drinking myself silly and I, I don't know what it was. It's like, and I was just so ashamed of what happened to me, but 
I got tired and I thought, I just can't live with the shame. I can't live with the pain. So I was drinking, you know, liquor straight out of the bottle one night. And I was contemplating how I'm going to kill myself. And then I just broke down. I said, I don't want to die. I just don't know how to live with this pain and the shame. And unfortunately, I passed out drinking, woke up the next day. And I remember hearing about a crisis hotline number on TV. This was many, many years ago. And it said, if you're suicidal or depressed, call this number. And as I talk about it in my TEDx talk, I mean, I reached for the phone probably a hundred times before I called, but I grew tired of being ashamed of crimes I didn't commit. And I was tired of being unhappy. I was tired of the self-abuse, self-sabotaging. I was tired of dating men that were abusive. I, I just, I, I knew yeah. that wasn't the life I was supposed to live. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I hear you because there's so many conversations that I've had where they share in that similar, you know, that similar thought process. Um, and, and, you know, that's one of the levels of restrictions that are called with regards to our mind, you know, because we have that somehow sense of obligation that we aren't supposed to tell it because we have maybe, you know, children that we've had already or, you know, family members that may we may think that they're ashamed of what happened to us, um, you know, so many things. And we sit and just let it fester and just build and build and build and it really has an effect on everything. Like you said, you know, your relationships were with, you know, abusive men and the cycle and the environment that you were around. That's what you knew at the time because you were self-sabotaging yourself. You know, um, I teach that so much because I believe that this is where everything begins, right? Our mind is where everything starts. So if I have a set in my mind that I'm supposed to deal with trauma and, 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 and dumb shit, you know, cause Hey, I, we keep it real over here, but, um, you know, dealing with all of that, my mind was programmed to believe that that was just the obligation that I had as being in somebody's family. Um, you know, like I said, I've lost my sister, um, back in 2009 and she was kind of the strength of the family. So I kind of took that role over along with her children. Um, you know, I continued to raise them. Um, you know, I am a cancer survivor. Um, you know, I've, you know, just, there's been so many things and I never dealt with those emotions. Like I just continued to go, even going to chemo and radiation, I still was like, okay, what can I do for you? You know, what can I do for you? I wasn't putting myself. And I think sometimes when we experience those restricted things and the traumas, you know, that obligation of us making sure that we're not embarrassed and somebody else comes into play. Absolutely. Keisha, you couldn't be more right on. I tell you what, well, as a child, because my incest started at four years old, I didn't even know what sex was. I mean, I had no language for what was happening to me. Um, but I knew because I was being groomed by an older brother that he loved me because he bought me toys. He was paying attention to me. And then he loved me. And then all of a sudden, this weird thing was happening to me. And I'm thinking, well, this must be love because I know he loves me. And, but deep down in my soul, I knew it was wrong. But as a four-year-old child, you know, it, if I told on him, and this was a, a thought process too, 
I would be responsible for breaking up the family dynamic as I knew it. So you, what you talked about earlier, it, it's a lot of responsibility for a child because people would say, well, why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you tell? Well, I was four years old when it started. And, and by the time I became a teenager, I was so uh, traumatized by what he was doing and threatened and, and groomed. And again, why am I responsible as the victim to stop it or to tell when I don't know how to stop it and I don't know how to tell? He shouldn't have started it in the first place. But then when people, and here's something I want to touch on, Keisha, when people say, well, why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you tell? They're inadvertently throwing the shame back on my shoulders. And he shouldn't have started it in the first place. Yeah, we see that. And we see that now currently. Like yes. that's still going to this day. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It is. And that's what my TEDx talk is about, too. It, the title is Healing from Sexual Abuse Can Start With One Word. Please go watch it, folks. It's on YouTube. And but I talk about that we must make telling safe because by the time I went into therapy, Keisha, um, there were six other women who had gone through sexual assault, incest, and many of them were kicked out of the house and blamed mm -hmm. when they told. And I had friends who had been raped. And when they went to the police, you know, the police belittled them and blamed them. Well, what were you wearing? Um, what were you, how much were you drinking? It's getting better today because you know why more of us are talking about it. Yep. More survivors are not afraid to speak their truth. I got tired of being ashamed of crimes I did not commit. And I'm going to be a voice for those who have not found theirs yet. Period. Come on. I love it. Like, and that's, that is so needed, um, you know, and, and I love, you know, social media, I call it a gift and a curse, you know, because social media can be the biggest advocate, um, you know, when it comes to getting things out there, but it can also be the biggest setback for someone's mental well-being, because as we know, um, people default to negative, they default to you know, the bad things. They don't necessarily want to see the good things, the positive things, the positive conversations. Um, and that's really why Empowering Real Talk was launched too, because even though the conversations are uncomfortable conversations, they are to bring resource and solution, um, you know, to show people that you are not the only one out here dealing with that. Um, let's get you something that maybe a conversation with somebody else, you know, because although I am a coach, I know that I cannot help everybody and I'm not here to help everybody, you know, and that's what I felt like this platform was for because who knows someone, you know, in my audience, because my audience is primarily women. You never know. You could get, a, you know, a message for them signing up for something because they can totally relate to every single thing that you've gone through. And I completely love that. You know, as long as this pod, as long as I'm able, that's exactly what this podcast will continue to do. You, you know, it, it, it's important for us to, you know, have that safe space, have that space to say, you know what, this did happen to me. And then not worry about nobody looking at you like, are you sure it happened to you? Like you said, what are you wearing? What was you wearing? You know, what, what, how many drinks did you have? Look, I don't care if I drank two fifths. It shouldn't have happened. Exactly. You know, 
<laughs> when I was on Oprah, Keisha, she said, I could be running down the street butt naked, but that doesn't give anybody permission to rape me. And that, that was a full line when she said that. But you're right. And and talking about the internet, Keisha, when the Me Too's came out in 2017, I had so many Me Too's from my friends on my Facebook that I'm like, you? I, I mean, people were surprised about mine. And I saw me too, me too, and men as well. But yeah. you know, my best friend in high school didn't even know because I held such a secret. And you can only hold that stuff in so long. Absolutely. It makes you, it makes you sick. It does. And that's one thing I wanted to touch on too, like, you know, um, physically and mentally. You know, um, people don't realize how much, like, holding in secrets and stress and havoc really takes a toll on your physical and your mental well-being. Um, you know, when we talk about mental, they're like, oh, you know, I can handle that. No, you know, you are seeing things happen in your body that are other ways, you know, the chronic pains and things like that. Um, I am really stepping into my holistic journey um, with regards to, you know, how I, you know, take care of myself. And doing that research has really just opened up so many doors to say, you know what? This is because of this, you know, not and I, and this is not a jab to say anything about going to the doctor because I am still under doctor's care. You know, as a cancer survivor, I definitely make sure I get my checkups and, you know, everything else. I'm six years in remission. So I want to remain in remission, um, you know, so definitely not naive. Thank you. But I also know that we can also look at holistic approaches to maintain and extend our quality of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and one thing I want to share with your listeners is I held it in for so long one day before I made that phone call. It was probably about 10 years. I was in my mid twenties, maybe early twenties. And I woke up one day and I couldn't see my, my, I could see, but my vision was blurry. Now, mind you, I'd never worn eyeglasses. And I woke up and everything was blurry and I kept trying to clear my eyes and put eye drops in, nothing. So I went to an eye doctor that day and he did all the tests and he was so nice and so calm. And I'm sitting there and he starts patting my hand. He sits down next to me. He says, young lady, I don't know how to tell you this, but there's nothing wrong with your eyes. I really think you should see a different kind of doctor. He gave me a prescription of Librium back then. And later that day, I had an emotion. I had a mental and a physical breakdown. That's what was happening because I was holding it in. Mm -hmm. And I, my analogy, Keisha, is I was holding it in. I, I didn't want to see what happened to me? I didn't want to remember it anymore. So I was losing my eyesight. My body fell apart and I ended up in emergency that night. Mm. Body shut down, um, bladder infection, kidney infection, losing my eyesight. I was having a physical and mental breakdown because I didn't share my secret. Oh yep. my God. That is talk is healing. That part. 
that part. Um, and that's one that is so important. Um, it's so important. You know, I really have just enhanced my mission in bringing, you know, others together to be supported in their traumas, in their healing, in their journey. Because one thing that we know for sure, healing is a continual process. Um, you know, I never want anyone to say, oh, I'm healed because I'm probably going to be like, mm, yeah, you might want to, you know, because one thing that I had to understand is it's going to always be a continual journey. I have come eons from where I was just from 2020 because 2020 is when I mentally was like, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, COVID was the, you know, the beginning of the pandemic was the seal right there. It's like, I can't handle this. I took a fast from social media and I got my shit together. You know, um, I became accountable for a lot of things that I couldn't change. A lot of things that I have done and accepted in my life. And once I did that, um, things began to change. You know, things really began to change. My whole mind is different. I walk wholeheartedly in my truth. Um, I honor my values wholeheartedly. I am so unapologetic on how I speak. You know, I never come from a disrespectful place, but some people feel like my voice is a little stern, and it is, and I don't sugarcoat it. Um, I don't, you know, and I know, but I know that I am making a difference because I get the feedback all the time, you know, oh my God, I listened to this one and you was breaking it down, but you was snapping, but I needed to hear it that way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tended to sugarcoat things in the past, but you know what? Um, there's no need to sugarcoat there. Tell it like it is. Tell the truth. Every uh, time. Yeah. You know, and I took a sabbatical this last summer and, and I've been taking a little bit longer than I anticipated and um, I was just diagnosed with low-grade depression. Now, I've never taken antidepressants, even when I was going through therapy. But like you said, when I went through talk therapy years ago, I thought I was one and done. You know, I didn't have, I didn't need any more help. I'm good to go. I'm walking out of there. I'm happy-go-lucky. But then life happens and it throws stuff at us. And the self-esteem and the negative talk starts happening again. And so it is a continuing um, healing process because now I'm healing what I went through for the past two and a half years with this pandemic. And it's affecting so many of us and so many survivors who haven't gotten help for that. I mean, this pandemic is really exasperating that as well. So I want to tell people it's okay to ask for help, get help, get healed, get happy because you deserve it. You weren't born to to go through all the hell you went through and keep going through it. No, find the, find the message in the mess and, and work your way out of it. Wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Um, that's something that I talk about so much because we have to be able to say, you know what? Yes, this was experienced. I did experience this. And even with the pandemic, you know, I tell people all the time, the sanest person was mentally tested. Don't let them tell you that they weren't, you know. Um, I want to be around genuine people and I want to have genuine conversations. And genuine conversations involves you be being vulnerable, 
you know, being vulnerable in your words, being vulnerable in your emotions. Um, people are like, you don't want us to feel our emotions. I want you to feel every single one of your emotions, but I don't want you to stay in those emotions, you know, stay stuck in the, in the depressing mode, you know, and, and shout out to you for even acknowledging just in the past couple of years, you know, that you have the low grade depression. Um, and I know that you are doing what it takes to, you know, cope with that, right? Um, I don't want to say get over. I use the words coping because it's something that we have to deal with. You know, those with anxiety, we have to deal with the anxiety. Um, you know, I, hand, I have ways of handling those. My tools and methods within my pro coaching program are to help you handle them, are to help you not hit that brick wall so hard when you hit that obstacle, right? Um, you're not going to hit that wall as hard because the wall going to come but it might just be a little softer for you to just be able to bounce back and reroute as necessary. Yeah, you know, the I'm a coach too and a mentor for survivors. And if they haven't had crisis counseling, I do send them <coughs> to a therapist because I am not a licensed therapist. That part. I'm an I'm a, uh, expert by experience and I've had a lot of um, uh, education mm -hmm. through my experience, but... Um, one thing I know, and I've seen this, is caretakers don't take care of themselves. And I started doing that myself. I should have gone to my doctor a year and a half ago. And I just thought I was in a funk. I thought, you know, I'll get over this, but I couldn't get over it. And I do take a lot of supplements for my cognitive and my brain health, my body health. Uh, I do walk and exercise a little bit, but I got to a point where I just, didn't feel like doing anything. I'm like, this is not me. So I want to help people get help, get healed, get happy. I'm getting help. I'm going to get healed again. I'm going to get happy. And then I'm going to be climbing back up on that mountain. And life is like a wave. There's valleys and there's highs. There's lows yeah. and highs. And I just keep saying this too shall pass. And we yeah. have to stop beating ourselves up. Because we're human, right? And we're going to have those low times. We're going to have them. I embrace that one thing as a, a master of suppressing emotions. Um, hey, I will embrace every single one of my emotions now. You cannot tell me nothing. Must be like, what you say? You wrote what? Yep, that came from me. That came from me. You know I, the old. I, yeah, I was in denial, Keisha. We got we got to practice what we preach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I definitely um, appreciate, you know, this conversation so much. Let them know um, what you offer, you know, with regards to coaching, mentoring. Um, let them know what you've got going on. Um, the website's scrolling at the bottom of the page. So just kind of let them know what they can find when they go check it out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, if you go to RainaRamana.com, I do offer 52 weeks. Weekly, you'll get a new affirmation because I obviously believe in affirmations. Our thoughts create our reality. Period. Yeah. There's a message and an affirmation for 52 weeks. I also offer a mentoring call. It's 60 to 90 minutes. Usually I offer it for 60 minutes, but we usually go 90 minutes. <laughs> Two hours. The passion. That's the passion in you. <laughs> I can't just hang up on people, you know, and we Zoom. But if you sign up for a mentoring call, you get my free journal and it's got affirmations and things to do to help keep the positivity. And um, yeah, so I love it. 
it's all about affirmations and the thoughts. And, and when we're having those negative thoughts, just say, stop, 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 rethink, flip it. I like to say, flip it like a pancake. Hey, okay. I like that. Flip it like a pancake because every time you flip a pancake, there's always an upside. Flip it like a pancake. I love it, Raina. I love it. I love it. This conversation has been so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story um, with the Empowering Real Talk audience. Um, you guys, this has been, you know, these are the conversations that we have to have. Um, you know, just like Rena said, um, if you are experiencing anything, you know, that you are holding on to from years ago, I don't care if it was 30, 40, 60 years ago, two years ago. Go talk to somebody about it. It is time for you to break free from those limitations. You are not, you are not, you are the victim, but you are also going to overcome and call yourself, what's the word? Sir Thriver. There you go. I love it. I love it. Um, we have our stories to tell and you just don't know how your story could help somebody else overcome and be able to walk in their journey and their truth. Um, so I appreciate you guys so much. Y'all know where y'all can find me at, at www.upgradedmindsets.life, but you can also find me on all social media at Coach K-A-Y-W-D-S. Hey, I'm going to say again before I go, make sure you subscribe to the channel and make sure you are favoriting this on your podcast platform. I appreciate you guys so much. Rate and review. And until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys.